It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host for tonight. I am Arthur Reynolt. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamble. Make sure to follow us as well on our Twitter account for Locked On Wizards at Locked On Wizards. Tonight, I have with me the former host of the Locked On Wizards podcast who did a masterful job during the regular season and the end of the regular season and the playoff run. He is at Noah Getzel, and you can follow him on Twitter at Noah underscore Getzel. What's going on, man? What's up? I'm glad you remember that underscore. I was about to call you out. How's it no, going no problem. I'm Great. looking right at it. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, yeah. Man. Awesome, man. Name. You got the best in biz. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I have the best guests now, so we're even. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Too much. Stop some basketball. Yeah, exactly. So um, tonight we're actually going to talk about, we posted a really awesome question on Twitter about you know some bold predictions for the upcoming season but before we get to that you know it's been a while since Noah and I have talked and we just talked for briefly like you know five to ten minutes about some other things but we haven't talked wizards we haven't talked basketball and something that Noah is really interested in and brought to my attention is the NBA's recent I don't know, uptake in interest in mental health and how the players opening up about their depression or anxiety has really, you know, put an interesting spin in what it means like to be an NBA star these days. Uh, Noah, why don't you give us like a, a summary of what you've read, a summary of all the things that you've seen, and then we'll just talk about some Absolutely. of the stuff that you that so you're this interested week, in. Um, on ESPN, Jackie McMullen is doing this awesome five-part series on basically mental health in the NBA. And a lot of NBA players, current and former, are kind of breaking the silence to a certain degree. There has been, you know, some Players' Tribune and Undefeated articles by Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan in the past spring, most notably. But a lot of players are kind of coming forward and talking about uh, how they've battled with depression and anxiety and how, you know, maybe it wasn't the right time to talk about it. But now they feel like they've gone to a level where it's it's better to, you know, be honest about these things and put them out in the open. And it it just shows I don't know that how how positive of a community the NBA and how close of a brotherhood it is in terms of making progress on not just health issues but social justice type of issues and initiatives. You know, you had LeBron and Chris Paul and Steph Curry and all these people banding together to kind of. Uh, take stands on political type issues. Um, they've talked about, uh, you know, race and class and discrimination, and they've openly protested the president um, and, talk, you know, touched on the protests regarding um, the NFL and police brutality and the whole side, side conversation about standing and kneeling during the national anthem. And I just think this series is incredibly well-written. Um, I'm learning a ton from it. And then, of course, um, this just today on Tuesday, the new article is about the Morris twins, Markeith and Marcus, obviously Markeith being close to home on the Wizards. We uh, hear all about their upbringing. It's really fascinating. I definitely recommend 
everyone reads it and kind of sees what they went through to make it to this level. And even though Marcus, both of them initially said, yeah, it's time we're going to talk about the depression that we've been dealing with. Um, Markeef actually still didn't want to be quoted on it. So even though he kind of came forward and said, listen, I, both me and my brother have, you know, had to support and lean on each other during these tough, stressful times growing up in the hood of Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, he still isn't quite at the level where he wants to come forward and openly talk about it beyond just saying that he has dealt with depression. So it's, it's, it's great to hear these players kind of being open and honest, and it's just room for, for more growth and more players to come forward. Like, did you ever hear that after Paul Pierce was stabbed, what was it, nine, 11 times, whatever it was, he kind of like, who thinks about the aftermath of it? People say, okay, man, he was in this giant fight and now he went on to average 20 points a game right. and play this awesome season. But, you know, he talked about how he couldn't walk and get brushed by somebody or else he would have a panic attack and all sorts of things would just make him fear that, you know, there would be someone who comes back into his house and just being alone is, is the scariest thing. So the, the, the bottom line from all of these stories is that their one sanctuary is the basketball court where nothing else matters. None of the threats or depression or anxiety or anything that is going through their head is, is relevant. So I encourage you, everyone to check out um, this podcast or sorry, not this podcast. Well, yeah, listen to what Lockdown Wizards podcast, but also check out this series on ESPN, Jackie McMullen, <laughs> the intersection of mental health in the NBA. Yeah, no, definitely. We will definitely tweet out the article link once we post this episode right beneath it so that everyone can check it out. That won't be the first time we do that either. I love citing the sources that you know we end up talking about. Uh, and this is just something I hope that more people are open to understanding and reading because it's just people need to understand that even though they look like gods and they can, you know, jump out of the gym to dunk a basketball, they're still human beings at the end of the day. And I'm sure that, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan recently talked about, you know, how money doesn't really cover up everything. I mean, Think about his situation. He found he finds a home in Toronto and he's basically the face of the franchise. He delivered. He's an all NBA player, NBA all-star, and then he gets shipped out. You know, like what type of life is that? It's a it's completely unfair to these players that put it all on the line. And although like there's different levels and you don't want to mix up like what they're doing, they are playing basketball, but at the same time, a majority of them, if not all of them, do some stuff off the court. And I think that's why a big reason why my my opinions of LeBron James changed so much from as, you know, as short as two years ago. I think two years ago, I was still kind of in in my immature NBA fan level where I just looked at LeBron and I thought, oh, he'll never be better than Michael. Like he's three and seven in the NBA finals. Like he's a joke, blah, blah, blah. But then you have to you have to get to a point where you realize LeBron James, it doesn't matter if he w- if he never wins a ring again. What he's doing off the court is so motivating and inspiring to not only us, you know, fans, but also to whoever is living in those situations that is receiving the help from LeBron James. Like I can't imagine what that's like. I've I've fortunately had a different upbringing, but you know, if you're out in the streets, like you know, barely getting by, barely having a breakfast lunch dinner 
And then comes this saint of a man like LeBron James opening a a school where, you know, he might not be the lead contributor or the major contributor, but it is his ideas. It is his work. And this man can get you through high school and into college like that, that I just can't believe what, what that must feel like for the children that go to these schools. But we'll definitely have to check that out, especially the Markeith Morris stuff. Cause I mean, I remember when Markeith and uh, Marcus were broken up in Phoenix. Like it was kind of, when I heard that it was kind of like, get over it. Like it's your brother, like go play basketball. But that they play, they went to college together. They obviously grew up together. So to be suddenly broken up like that, you know, they're drafted onto the same team to be suddenly broken mm-hmm. up like that because Markeith can't get along in Phoenix. Like that must've been really hard for him, but yeah, thank, thanks again, Noah, for bringing that up. Cause that was really, I'm over here thinking like, man, are the wizards going to win 50 games? Is John wall going to be an MVP? And then there are these stories that are extremely powerful that, yeah, I just hope that things can change because like you said, we got to move on from that stuff. We got to stop judging people so that everyone can do it and it can be a new norm. But getting into, you know, some some on the court stuff, you know, I we've been talking about this upcoming season and how, you know, it can basically go either way. It can be, you know, a 50 win, 50 plus win season and an Easter conference finals appearance, or it can be a lottery team and we blow up the whole team at the end of the year. My uh, bold prediction was that, cause I, I just, well, whatever I'll say it. I just think that Kelly Oubre is going to be, is going to end up starting by the end of the regular season and going into the playoffs. He's going to be the starter. And I think my big reasoning behind that was, First of all, I wanted to say the Wizards were going to win 50 games, but that's not really a bold prediction because at this point, like you're either thinking that or you're the complete opposite in saying this is going to be a train wreck. And then my other prediction was going to be, um, you know, Dwight Howard is an all star. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't I don't think there's going to be a center on the all star team. Uh, anymore like I feel like that's it's just a dying breed like the old centers so I picked the Cali Oubre one because yesterday with Josh Lloyd we talked about potential trades and some of the trade discussions that we had involved a lot of health and we talked about Otto Porter and the fact that you know you don't know you know that hip situation is just a really like annoying situation that he's going through and Markeith Morris in a contract year is he going to come in motivated is he going to have like off nights and I just brought up the point that if we were to trade you know Thomas Sadoransky and Otto Porter in some sort of package um, Kelly Oubre would obviously be the starter but then we also talked about how if Markeith Morris does not start on the right foot that Jeff Green could take the starting position But then I mentioned I would actually like to see if Otto Porter, if Otto Porter's injury, you know, continues to be uh, a problem, even though he's undersized in terms of weight, I would love to see Otto Porter as a stretch four and Kelly Oubre inserted as a small forward, because then you have like a really dynamic lineup in terms of your defensive presence with Dwight Howard at center and then hopefully an engaged John Wall and Bradley Beal. Like that'll be a really solid, you know, team. So that's my bold prediction. Noah, what was your what was your bold prediction? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was what was holding Scott Brooks back from 
playing um, Porter at the, the four position, aside from him not being healthy and not, you know, looking right when he was running and kind of dealing with injuries with his hip and lower legs the, the whole season, essentially, I think a big thing was just if you put him at the four, like who's going to help out down low? You know, you don't have your marching Gortat's not going to step over for like a weak right. side block, of course. So now that you have some semblance of a room protector, who knows how engaged he'll be. But when you have Dwight Howard, it, it makes a big difference in the flexibility of your lineups when you've got that second layer of D. For me, I was going to stay right there and talk about the same guy. I think this is the year for Otto Porter. And I won't quite go as far as saying that he'll be an all-star just because he doesn't necessarily... I don't know. I could see him, you know, like Al Horford, Paul Millsap type of uh, Atlanta Hawks or like Ben Wallace type Pistons all-star player. But, like, he just doesn't really have the personality, you know, if that makes any sense. Definitely. Not yeah. all popular vote anymore, or probably never was. But I think he's going to have a huge year, because I think this will be his year of being back to a healthy level of play where he can, you know, complement the, the offense as the perfect glue guy. And with Wall, if, if he stays healthy, if both of them are healthy, Beal's healthy, I think I could see Porter having a year that... I don't know if people still consider it max money, but I could see him getting like 17 points a game, seven rebounds, maybe about three assists. He was close. He had a steal and a half per game last season. I could see him getting about two or maybe just a hair below that. And then shooting percentage has never been a struggle for him in the past few years. Um, I feel like he'll shoot over 50% overall, um, over 40 from deep and over 80 from the line, which he's been doing consistently. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, it's a real stretch to say he'll be an all-star, but my bold prediction is that he's going to have a tremendous year and kind of, I don't know if it'll necessarily silence the haters because when people see guys making superstar money, they expect superstar, which is, you know, you can you can be a Draymond Green superstar. You can be a Clay Thompson superstar. Maybe Draymond's too loud to kind of fit that stereotype, but I feel like he's the unsung hero that is necessary for the Wizards. And I think he's going to have a big year, even though I'm kind of, hesitating to be bold enough to say he's an all-star how about the wizards would be a top three team is that bold enough uh, actually no that's too bold if it's the whole <laughs> nba top in the east okay let's, let's oh right right i didn't even catch that um, yeah that's a great yeah, point <laughs> um yeah i yeah in terms of auto porter being an all-star I think if it's going to be, I remember I said in an old episode, if there's ever going to be a year that the Wizards have four all-stars, it's going to be this year. And it's going to be, you know, Wall and Beal. I feel like Wall and Beal, they aren't locks, but they aren't surprises if they make the all-star team. But then you have Otto Porter, who could be a sneaky candidate in terms of, you know, because I also have high expectations for him. I always do. It just comes down to, you know, there's not enough possessions to go around, especially with Wall and Beal uh, hogging the ball. And then you have Dwight Howard, who hopefully, you know, has a resurgence here and can be that fourth all-star. But let's go ahead and uh, read some of these uh, responses to our Twitter question, because I asked for the hottest of hot takes from Wizards Twitter uh, earlier today. You know, what is your bold prediction for this upcoming season? And we had uh, D Spruce 16 reply and say, Otto gets traded, <laughs> Art Pick traded, Meeks traded, Jason Smith, New Deal. So this is focusing on a lot of getting rid of, you know, that, you know, 
awful cap space that we have. Um, I saw recently that the Wizards were interested in Courtney Lee and people were plugging in, you know, Jody Meeks and Jason Smith since they're expiring contracts to take on Courtney Lee. So, I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I feel like... Yeah, you know, no doubt about no doubt about that. Um, that would be great if the Wizards and Jody Meeks. I mean, um, I mean, you you don't really know what you're going to get with Otto Porter, but I I like the rest of. I don't like the pick being traded, but you know, you got to take some good and some some bad. Uh, I feel like the Wizards are in a good spot with their swingmen, and anymore they'd kind of be overdoing it. But I mean, the mantra in the league is you can have, never have too many versatile guys. Yeah. You can switch, you know, switch four positions, play shooting, right. play small forward, power forward, whatever it may be. I, 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 that is bold for sure. I just, I don't see us, you know, the Wizards kind of yeah. weaseling their way out of the Jason Smith and Jody Meeks guaranteed money. Yeah, agreed. It's very unfortunate. But we also Absolutely. had some other responses. We had uh, Delante D uh, reply and say, John Wall has two 20.20 assist games this season, which I I love that. I love that. I mean, 20 assists, you know, does that mean Dwight Howard is dunking the ball like every other possession and Bradley Beal is shooting, you know, 45% from three and Otto Porter is taking that step up that you're talking about? I can definitely see that happen. Yeah, I I don't know if that would be a career high for assists. It looks like he had twenty against the Bulls um, on March in March of twenty seventeen. Uh, so I'm, I oh don't wow, know that's pretty recent. He's gotten twenty more than once, but we'll have to get back to you with those those stats. That would be cool to see, but I mean, two games a year playing well does nothing for me. You know, the Wizards have proven they play against the best yeah. and sink to the worst. So I'd rather. I'd much rather him average. Exactly. Well, I guess he can kind of yo-yo up and down if you're averaging whatever 12 assists a game. You can have games where you have zero assists. But I like this one a lot better than Beal and Wall both going for 50 points in a, in a season. Who was the guy who came with one? Where was that? Yeah. That was uh, at Cam Mingo. He talked about uh, Wall hmm. and Beal each having a 50-point game. To be completely honest, I was... I was passed out on a couch watching Beal score his 50 point game against the, the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers. That game where nobody, they lost to the Magic and nobody wanted to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, was it the Blazers? Was that this past season? I think yeah. it was this past season against the Blazers. Yeah, because I remember that Beal game perfectly. Bucket That's what John Wall said after the game. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. And, and then the John Wall one against Orlando Magic was the worst game. Like, well, no, actually, it was the story of that entire season. Um, so then we have Raps fan twelve thirty seven, who's actually a really awesome dude. He's a Toronto Raptors fan, but he interacts a lot with Wizards Twitter, and he actually is one of the friendliest people that I know, especially from you know the Toronto mm-hmm. Raptors side, where we've had a little bit of a rivalry over the playoffs. Um, but he said it's boring, but still bold because it never happens. The Wizards win fifty games. <laughs> Again, you know, that's that's definitely so Wizards for, you know, things to line up so perfectly and then for people to be like, I think they can win 50 games because any other team, if this was the Lakers with this lineup, they'd be like, oh, this is 55 wins easily. Book it. But it being us. Does this number matter at all to you? For me, it really doesn't. I don't care if the Wizards 
come into the playoffs as the eighth seed if they've you know won like 15 of their last 18 games i just want to see how the wizards are playing at the end of the year yeah and of course let them make the playoffs no it definitely i don't care i don't care if we barely make it in the last game of the season we have to win to get in because we got a taste of it against the number one seeded Raptors last year where I said confidently, like, I want that matchup. Like, if we're going to be an eight seed and this team can't get their stuff together to avoid the situation, I don't mind playing the Toronto Raptors. If it was the Cleveland Cavaliers, I would have been miserable. Yeah. But obviously, we ended up losing the series. But I think we saw, I, I think hopefully management saw that game and they are like, yeah, the Raptors definitely won because Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan did not have to play 44 minutes a game and they had a ridiculous depth and rookies and really good young players that just destroyed what we, what we had to roll out, you know, John wall playing 44 minutes and Bradley Beal as well. That's not going to improve our chances of winning and auto Porter went down towards the end of that series. So winning two out of, you know, losing four to two in that series there was a point where we were tied, so it could have gone either way. But yeah, I don't, I don't care about fifty. I, I just kind of want it to happen, and then just for people to get over that number and move on to bigger yeah. goals. Um, our own Ian Evans actually, um, our own Ian Evans talked about Kelly Oubre and whether or not he would wear seven or more scarves in one game this season. Are you taking the over or under on that I've got to go under. Seven is just ridiculous, but I'd, I'd love to see it. What's his record? Who knows? Uh, no, I don't. I wish Ian would have been like his record is so-and-so, because that, that's such a random number. But we'll have Ian on next time, and we'll talk to him about that. But uh, one of the last predictions... What's your favorite outfit? Do you have one? I think... I don't know if it counts as an outfit because he wore it during the game, but when he wore those like Supreme shoes or whatever, like so many people made such a big deal out of that. And I was the only thing I was thinking was like, is that a good basketball shoe? Cause like that doesn't look like it's going to protect your ankle and it doesn't look comfortable at all. Um, but then again, I don't know much about fashion, especially the Supreme brand. And then um, one of the last ones that we had, which and then we no it's all good and then we have the second half of that with scott brooks being fired at the end of the season Mm -hmm. unless the wizards completely tank i hope that you know that means ernie grunfeld is gone scott brooks is gone everyone is gone and then we just start all over and i'll probably hate myself kind of like the nationals are doing today with trading away daniel murphy and very recently they they're getting rid of a bunch of players because they realize they're not going to be able to do it. And instead they're getting, they're getting some financial cap relief and setting themselves up for the future. But on that note, is there anything else that you would like to throw out there about the upcoming season before we close out the show tonight, Noah? Uh, I mean, I, I could, I, I would be okay with Scott Brooks getting fired if, it's like paving the way for a better future for the wizards. I don't know what management has in, has in sight for that, but like you look at Mark Jackson getting fired for the warriors and Steve Kerr coming in, you know, it could always lead to greener pastures. Wow. And just mentioning um, Porter, you know, there were all these times I kept asking him uh, in the locker room last season, you know, how's the hip? Uh, how are you doing? Are you getting close to a hundred percent? And he, you know, he would just tough it out because he had to. Like, we didn't have wing depth. And he'd be like, I'm nowhere near 
100%. You can see that he was limping, limping all around the locker room, but that's what it took for the Wizards to to stay competitive. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? That that was actually a very positive outtake, you know, because that if we're in a Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr situation, that means we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and because of coaching, we can't get over that last hump. So I love that. I love that positivity. But I think for me, I, I'm just sick of predicting. I just want to see it. I want to see what it looks like on the court with all the with all the depth that we have now. Hopefully it all works out health-wise. We can't control that, but hopefully it all works out. I, I just, I'm really kind of like real Mr. Perfect who I didn't read off his prediction, but I'm kind of signing off on Wizards will win at least 50 games and get to the Eastern Conference Finals because I don't know, there's so much uncertainty in the Eastern Conference. And if there's ever a year for the Wizards to do it, and I know we've said this probably the last two years, it's this year to make a run. So... But that is all the time that we have for today, for today's show. Uh, Noah, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Uh, go ahead and plug yourself and anything that you're up to, uh, just to give our you know former listeners of your show uh, a little 101 on Noah Getzel. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Um, so you can find me on Twitter, Noah underscore Getzel. I am helping out a little bit with um, Wizards Extra, um, continuing to blog a, a small amount, but... Um, for the most part, there's a, a new blog that I'm part of that's focused on um, building supportive communities around uh, disease and chronic disease, especially mental health. And that's why I was so interested in ESPN's series this week. And that Twitter handle, it's, the group is called The Mind Reset. And so, yeah, just a community of individuals who want to inspire social movement geared towards a more supportive, inclusive, compassionate, and kind society. You can follow them on Twitter at the mind reset that's t-h-e-m-i-n-d-r-e-s-e-t um and i'm about to start my program on monday for columbia school of public health i'm excited about that moved to new york it's been a nice relaxing summer and i'm just rambling away right now so that's everything i want to plug big kudos to you ian and the team and becca you guys have done an awesome job with uh, this podcast, I'm, I'm glad to you know continue to listen to it. Awesome storylines, even in the doldrums of the summer. So keep up good work, guys. It's it's been a blast having you know you guys take it over and and seeing where it's gone. So in other words, Noah is saying that we're knocking it out of the park. So on that note, we are going to wrap up this show. I am your host. I am Arthur Reynal. Check us out on Twitter at Locked On Wizards, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.